Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Tonight, I really felt the Holy Spirit lay on my heart that we should talk about this, about living under an open heaven, about what it means to live under an open heaven, because I know that we've got a whole lot of teenagers who've been at camp, and camp is an environment of an open heaven. Conference is an environment of open heaven where we've prayed through a breakthrough, where people have created an atmosphere that we can just walk in and receive. Church environments, hopefully most nights and most services, most days you walk in and we walk in into this open heaven where there's already been a labor of prayer. There's already been a labor of sacrifice that we might walk into the sense of God is in this place. But you know, I really believe that an open heaven is not to be just for a moment, but it's to be for a lifetime, that God wants us to live under an open heaven every day of our lives. And so tonight I wanna talk about how we create an open heaven around our lives. See, I'm gonna teach a little bit about what an open heaven is, and then I wanna teach about how we live under it in Jesus' name. So I'll start by reading by Luke 4, it says this, Luke 4, 25, certainly, There were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. There were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed, but Elijah was sent to one. See, in a time when there was literal closed heaven, there was no rain falling on Israel. They were in a famine. There was one woman, one widow, who in the middle of a closed heaven, she experienced an open heaven. In the middle of a closed heaven, she experienced God's provision. When everybody else was running out of food and oil and bread and and so on, she had a supply. She had a supply that did not run out because she was living under an open heaven. See, the truth is that we can live either under a closed heaven or under an open heaven. We can be living right now under a closed heaven or an open heaven. And I believe that God wants and longs for us to continually live under an open heaven. See, this woman in the open heaven, she had blessing, she had provision, she had her needs supplied, she had joy for each day. She had more than enough. And even though it was difficult around her, she was blessed and she was living in an overflow. See, the closed heaven meant no water for Israel. In Elijah's time, it was a drought, it was a famine, there was no rain falling on the land. What does a closed heaven look like for us? Well, we we sing, heaven fall over me, rain down on me. We're talking about the rain of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the touch of the presence of God. We're talking about the nearness of His Holy Spirit. We're talking about the ability we have to press into Him and feel His closeness to us. See, when we feel the rain of the Holy Spirit, it's refreshing, it's fulfilling, it's satisfying. Something comes alive on the inside of us and we begin to shift into a new space. You know, the closed heaven in Israel meant there was no water, but the closed heaven for us means we cannot feel or sense or know or see anything of the presence of God touching our lives. To give an example, my kids always know when they're living under an open heaven or a closed heaven. Holidays. Holidays, that is open heaven. That is, yes, you can go to the dairy. Yes, you can have an ice cream. Yes, you can have chocolate. 
Yes, I will cook you your favorite dinner. Holidays are open heaven, but back to school is closed heaven. Now you're eating healthy. Now there are no more ice creams. Now there is no more going to the dairy, no ice blocks, nothing. No spending money. That's it. The heavens are closed. My kids know when they are living under an open heaven or a closed heaven. I want to put it to you tonight that you probably know when you're living under a closed heaven and when you're living under an open heaven. What does a closed heaven look like for us? Well, a closed heaven is like there is a cloud over us. We can feel frustrated, continually frustrated, like we just can't seem to get ahead. We can't make progress. There are limitations. There are restrictions. We're getting annoyed at things. We can't see things moving in the direction that we wanted them to. We've set these resolutions. We've set these goals. We've set these great lofty ideas for the new decade. And we're already frustrated out the bat. That's perhaps because the heavens are closed over us. When the heavens are closed, God feels far away. We struggle to walk with joy and ease. We're so easily discouraged and we quickly lose confidence. That's what a closed heaven looks like. Doesn't sound like a place we wanna live, does it? So what does an open heaven look like? Well, it looks like this. Under an open heaven, our prayers are mighty and effective. We live in peace, we live in freedom, we live in joy, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is growing in our lives. When we live under an open heaven, we have an anointing. And when we do things, we're not just doing them and they fall to the ground, we do them and they leave a lasting influence. They create an impact because there is an anointing that's fallen from heaven on our lives. There's something of heaven, there's a touch of heaven on us. That when we do something, it's leaving behind an oily touch the touch of the Holy Spirit is traveling with us. When we're living under an open heaven, we know that our lives are making a difference and there is such fruitfulness in our lives and we also see that God is supplying our needs. The supply chain is not halted, it's in overflow as God's availability and abundance is flowing through our lives. It's a sure sign we're under a closed heaven when we can't do even what we've planned to do. I really believe that all of us need to experience an open heaven. We need to experience it. We need to experience it, we need to long for it. You know, uh, I, wanna, I wanna tell you tonight about a time in my life where I thought I was under an open heaven. <laughs> I thought I was. Right, well, this is before I was dating John. Back in the days where uh, John and his best mate, Kerry, they used to do these evangelism outreach type things and uh, they invited me along to help and I would come and help. I'm not sure what help I was, but I would come along to the events and help out and uh, they would pick me up and we'd go and do all this stuff. It was like the three musketeers, it was a lot of fun. And so this time I'm waiting for John out on my street in the sun in Auckland and I'm waiting for him to come pick me up. He was running a bit late, not very good start, was it, for a prospective boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> it's just a prospect at that time. It wasn't like sure. And, uh, <laughs> Hopefully not too many summer camp romances where they're like, <laughs> just go back to school, you'll be fine. <laughs> what will be, will be. Case sera, sera. okay? <laughs> now we need the little mouse with the violin. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. Um, there I was waiting, he was late, and then he turns up, picks me up and carry, and he's, he's stressed out, as only John can be. He's like, we're running late. I'm running the event. I'm very, very important. I'm running the event. I've got to get there, and we're in Auckland City. There are no car parks in Auckland City. This was back before the days where Wellington used to have heaps, but now it's like reverse. But well, Auckland, 
no car parks. We've got to park on Queen Street. So John's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And then he said, I know. And Kerry looks at him and says, yes. And John says, the Salvation Army building where we're going, they have a car park. They have a car park underneath. What we need to do is we need to pray and ask God to give us the pin code. Let's pray and ask God to tell us the pin because then we could go straight in and we could park and then we wouldn't be too late. I'm like, great idea. And Kerry's like, yes, let's do it. So then we begin to open heaven. We begin to open heaven with our prayer. We are storming heaven. We are shiki baba bandits. Shiki baba, shiki baba, shiki baba. We are going for it in tongues. We're going for it in declaration. Oh Lord, we're here doing the will of God. We're serving the purpose of God. We're here to make a difference for the kingdom. Oh Lord, would you reign on us? Would you let your glory fall down? Oh Lord, would you open the way for a car park? Would you like Moses where you parted the waters? Would you open the gate? that the glory of the Lord would be passing through this place, that the glory of the Lord would fall. Oh, Lord, we would see you moving through this open heaven. And we began to pray. And Carrie says, I believe the Lord's saying in nine. And John says, oh, I've got a witness. I've got a witness. And I'm like in the back, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I'm in the back of the seat, you know, right on the middle seat. like the. And then... John's praying and Kerry's praying, shiki baba, shiki baba. And uh, John says, I say, sorry, I say, oh, I've got a seven, I've got a seven. And Kerry goes, ooh. And John goes, ooh. He's like, mm, I don't have a witness. No, no, I don't have a witness. Okay, let's keep praying, let's keep praying. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. We'll get it right. And then we're praying and praying and John goes, ooh, a two, two, two. And Kerry goes, I've got a witness. I've got a witness to the Lord. We're like, hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. And we say, hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we are just driving that car like it's a holy wagon. And uh, the holy wagon on the highway. And so I'm praying away. And I'm like, Lord, I, I'm a woman of God. I'm going to get the next number. And I speak it out in faith. I say, it's a three. And both the boys in the front, they say, oh, hallelujah, glory to God. We have a witness. We have a witness. And I think Kerry got the last number. And there we were, expectant. In our open heaven moment, we had stormed heaven. We had prevailed. We had a four-digit pin code. We got to the gate of the Salvation Army car park. And we prayed, oh, Lord. Just as you parted the waters for Moses. Oh Lord, just as the wall fell before Joshua. Oh Lord, just as Goliath fell before David. Oh Lord, just as Jonah went into the belly of the whale. Oh Lord, may we proceed into the car park. We put in our pin code. Ding! Up went the gate. Up went the gate. I couldn't believe it. I'm a woman of God. I'm with men of God. We're hearing from God. It's an open heaven. Oh, I was rejoicing and praising God. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> we got into the car park. So I, I got inside and I went to the bathroom. I was there for a good 10 minutes. I was so worked up. And when I got back, the meeting had begun because, you know, we were quite late. <laughs> And I slipped into my seat in the front row, even though I was there to help doing nothing. And I slipped into my seat in the front row. And John says to me, where have you been? What, what took you so long? <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I don't really need to tell you about my ablutions. No, I said, 
I was just praising God in the bathroom. I just couldn't stop thanking him for his goodness. I couldn't believe it that he spoke to us, that we got that code. God is just so good. John looks at me. Okay, good, 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 good. About a year later, once we had begun dating, something weighed heavily on John's conscience. And he had to come clean and confess. I think he was a bit nervous that it might cause a breakup. He comes to me and says, Juliana, you know that time when we were praying for the pin code? And I said, oh, yes, wasn't that amazing? <laughs> that was incredible. Such a good moment. That's when I knew you were a man of God. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and he said, yeah, well, um, we actually knew what the pin code was. I was like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> See, I thought I was under an open heaven, but turns out I was under a fake heaven. It was like Donald Trump all over again. I was getting fake news, fake heaven. Don't you live with none of this fake heaven stuff, people? Don't you live with the, the counterfeit of an open heaven? Don't live with your half open, but live with a full open heaven. Live with the real thing in Jesus' name. Come on, we've got to understand and experience what it is to live under an open heaven. God wants each and every one of us to experience what an open heaven feels like. See, in the Bible, there was a man by the name of Jacob, and right in Genesis, he experienced an open heaven. He had a moment where he went to sleep and he lay down and he put his head on a rock. And he had a vision, a dream where he saw a staircase, a staircase that connected earth to heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending on this ladder. And he looked up and he saw heaven open and he met with God. He came face to face with the God of his father and his grandfather. And he said, God, you're no longer the God of my parents, but you're my God now. He had an encounter under an open heaven of who God was, and it transformed him forever. See, when we come into an open heaven, we encounter God in a way that words cannot describe. We encounter God in a way that no person could ever describe to us who God is, except for that we would have experienced him ourselves. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, because actually it's an individual experience. We come into an environment like this where we receive a corporate open heaven, but there is a point in our lives where we need to pursue God for ourselves and enter into that open heaven to see him for ourselves because it changes us. It changes us at a personal level. Jacob had a personal revelation of God and he understood this. What he understood under an open heaven was this, that God wanted to bless him. See, sometimes the things that we think about God, that he doesn't wanna bless us, that he hates us, that he's embarrassed by us, that our sins and our mistakes are a problem to God. Sometimes those things are simply because we have never looked God in the face and understood that actually he just wants to bless us, that he just wants to pour out his love on us, that he just wants to adopt us into his family. And sometimes our understanding of God has been shaped by a fake understanding by a closed heaven, by the lies that echo around our heads when we're under a closed heaven, the lies and the guilt and the shame that would keep us away from pursuing the open heaven relationship with God. You know, Jacob said, how awesome is this place when he was lying there and he saw this vision. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And he called it Bethel. He called it Bethel. This is the house of God. See, Bethel is about coming face to face with God. Bethel is about living under an open heaven. 
And when Jacob wanted to encounter God again in that way, he went back to Bethel. He went back to Bethel. He went back to the place where he had first met with God. You know, I know that many young people have had a life-changing experience at summer camp. And I love the fact that people look forward to it and they come back each year. You know, come back again next year. But let's take what God has done at summer camp and make it a continual feast. Make it something that we can live under every day. This open heaven experience that God has blessed us with. You know, there is so much in the Bible that talks about an open heaven. Malachi, he says that the windows of heaven, he says there's windows in heaven. That's pretty cool even when you think about that. And he says they can be open or they can be shut. But it's not, it's, it's actually up to us whether they are open or shut. It's actually up to us. See, in Malachi 3.10, it says, if you bring your giving to the house of God, I will open the windows of heaven for you. See, we can't push those windows open, but God will open them based on our obedience to Him. God will open the windows over our lives when we're obedient to Him. And He will, the Bible says, He will pour, He will rain out such a blessing that is so great, you won't have room to take it in. See, a blessing in our lives will come when we're living under an open heaven. Ephesians 6 talks about the heavenly realm, and it says, We know our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in the heavenly realm. See, one of the things that we need to understand about this open-closed thing is that there is a fight in the heavens over our lives. There is a fight in the heavenlies over your life. The devil wants nothing more than the heavens to stay closed over your life. And God wants nothing more than that he could open the heavens over our lives. But there is actually a spiritual war being raged in the heavenlies over our lives that is more real than we can even begin to imagine. It is more real than anything we can see now. There is another dimension of spiritual warfare happening around our lives, and it is the devil trying to oppose your open heaven. Perhaps sometimes you feel like your prayers are falling flat. See, the devil's trying to oppose what God wants to get to you. He doesn't want to get it to you, and he certainly doesn't want to get it through you. Sometimes your prayers feel like they're falling flat. Sometimes you might feel like you can't get a breakthrough that you can't get rid of that uh, old temptation that you keep struggling with, that perhaps in your life you're going around in circles, not moving forward like the saints of God are meant to march forward, but there's just like a perpetual, oh, back on this cycle again. When we get to that point, we need to understand what to do in order to get an open heaven in our lives. So firstly, I just wanna teach about this principle for a moment, and then I'm gonna share about how we get an open heaven. The Bible says, that there are three heavens. There are firstly the natural and visible heavens that we can see. Maybe you follow NASA like I do. Maybe you love looking at the stars. Look up and count the stars. The natural and visible heavens that we can see with our naked eye. The second are the intermediary heavens, and that is where Satan and the principalities dwell that is talked about in Ephesians where the battle is being waged in the intermediary heavens. That is Satan's headquarters. And then there is the third heaven, which is the highest heavens, the highest heavens, and that is where God dwells. So you may have realized that, it, of course, Satan was kicked out of heaven, but where did he go? Where does he live? Well, he lives in the intermediary heavens. But how is it that he can, see in Job, it says that Satan came into the throne room of God and was accusing uh, the believers before God, and in fact, he still does that. That's what he does. He just stands in heaven accusing the saints before God. But he does that because he has access from the intermediary heaven. He goes 
into heaven. And he stands and accuses us before God. This is because he is in the space. The devil is living in the space between heaven and earth. Now the Hebrew for heaven is always plural. So that means it is more than one. So Genesis 1 says, God created the heavens and the earth. In 2 Chronicles 2.6, Solomon prays and says, Who is able to build a temple for the Lord? Even the highest heavens cannot contain him. The Hebrew there is the heaven of heavens. In 2 Corinthians 12.2, Paul writes, I know a man, he's talking about himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven and heard inexpressible things that he was not permitted to, tw- to tell. Ephesians 4.10 says this, He who descended is the very one, Jesus, who ascended higher than all the heavens to fill the whole universe. All the heavens has to refer to three. Okay, so if there's the visible heavens, the intermediary heavens, and the highest heavens, the devil is in the space between heaven and earth. He is there to oppose our breakthrough. See, if our prayers feel like they're falling flat, then perhaps he has got in the way. He has created a ceiling between us and God. We have not got an open heaven when we can feel like God's presence is lacking, when our prayers aren't being effective, when we don't see the good fruit of God growing in our lives, when we don't feel joy. In fact, we feel despair or despondency or lack or frustration. Perhaps there is someone opposing the open heaven over the heavenly realm in our life. That is not how it is to be. That is not how the people of God are called to live. That is not the revelation that we could live in, but we can live every day under an open heaven, feeling the presence of God, knowing His nearness, feeling His joy, seeing His blessing, seeing our prayers made effective and answered. We can see that even though the devil wants to oppose our open heaven, he cannot hold it back. He cannot hold back the open heaven that God wants to bring in your life. See, if we do what we need to do to get an open heaven, then nothing can stand in the way of God getting what He needs to get to us. The Spirit of God, the favor of God. See, in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel was praying and fasting, and the Bible says that he began to pray and he began to fast. And it says this, the angel comes to Daniel and he says, your request has been heard in heaven. The very first day you began to pray, your request was heard in heaven. But the angel was telling Daniel and he says, the spirit prince blocked my way. So his prayer, he was sending it up, it was heard in heaven, but there was a war in the heavenlies over his life for the answer to get through. And so Daniel kept on praying for 21 days and he was contending to get the open heaven. He was contending to clear the warfare over his life so that what God wanted to get to him would get through him in Jesus' name. See, in our lives, we cannot allow a closed heaven to remain, but we have to understand that this is a war that is happening in the heavenlies. God wants us to live under an open heaven and Satan cannot oppose what God is wanting to do in our lives. So then how do we live under an open heaven? Well, I wanna talk about what happened in Acts. How do we live under an open heaven? I'm gonna give us a few things that I believe are the keys to shift into the open heaven that God wants us to live under. In Acts 1.14, it says this, that they were all in the upstairs room, and it says, all of them, this is the disciples, were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. The Aramaic says they prayed with one soul. Oh, that's amazing. Acts 2 says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. 
Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The first thing we need to live under an open heaven is we need unity. We need unity. See, every person that was in that room and every person that was receiving the presence of God and coming under an open heaven, they had surrendered their agenda. They had surrendered their personal ambition. They had surrendered their plans and they were pursuing the Lamb's agenda. They were pursuing what Jesus wanted for their life. Everybody in that room had worked through their issues. They didn't have unforgiveness. They didn't carry offense. They weren't hurt at sister on the left and brother on the right. They weren't worried about what that person had said and did they really mean this? They'd let go of the petty offenses. They had forgiveness one to another, which meant they were united. They weren't concerned about their status, their title, their position. They weren't concerned about having a click, that these were the cool crowd and these weren't. They were united. See, the world always creates divisions and separations and divisions, but God brings all things together. In Christ, all things hold together. And they were unified. See, we need to be united. God brings together the rich and poor. He brings together every race and every creed. He brings together man and woman. He brings together young and old. He brings together people from every sphere. And we stand united. And when we're united with the people that are around us, rather than holding unforgiveness, we stand under an open heaven. If we have unforgiveness, it's hard to be under an open heaven. Because if we don't forgive, then we can't be forgiven. So we must stand in forgiveness. We must stand united. We need to pray. The second thing we need is we need to pray. Pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. Pray singing psalms, hymns. Give thanks to the Lord. Pray at all times. In all seasons, pray. You know, um, I used to laugh at, I, I like to laugh at things and I crack myself up. I don't know, does anyone else do that? You're like, ha <laughs> you're laughing at your own jokes. Well, I used to have a car that was a Honda Accord. And I used to get in my Honda Accord. It was quite a good car, actually. I really liked that car. And um, I'd get in the car. It was like, kind of, was it like a Fast and Furious car? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. The guy said when they sold it that people souped them up and turned them into speeding cars, but I didn't do that, of course. <laughs> um, I'd get in my car, and I'd be like praying and worshiping, and I'd just laugh. I'm praying in one accord, <laughs> and I just thought it was great anyway, <laughs> praying in one accord. <laughs> I know, it's a crummy, crummy joke, but <laughs> you're giving me a laugh, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate it. It's good. Prayer and worship in our lives will create a spiritual breakthrough. Holy conversations. You know, there are moments in our lives when our prayer will change everything. The truth is that we can actually open heaven over our life with our prayer. Your prayer, your prayer can open heaven over your life. Do we understand just how significant the words of our mouths are? We can command a shift. We can be specific. We can be clear. Be clear. We can declare the word of God and we can fight the fight that is waging in the heavenlies with our prayer. You know, when we begin to pray, we can experience God in a way that we never have before. 
I've, I've come face to face with visions of God myself where I've been praying and I've, I've felt like I've walked into an open heaven. I've had three very distinct moments in my life and each time it's been like a new revelation of who God is. And it's been just what I needed to receive for what lay ahead. The first time that I was praying and felt like I was in this amazing open heaven and I had a, a, a vision, I was walking into the throne room of heaven and there before me stood a bloody lamb, a lamb covered in blood, but the blood was being poured out for me. And I saw the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. I saw the one that died in my place. I saw the one who'd laid down his life for the love that I saw in his eyes. I saw the lamb of God. It changed me forever. I felt clean like I'd never felt before. I felt weightless like I'd never felt before. I felt every burden come off me. I felt every chain break off me. I felt like a completely new person when I had that open heaven moment. I remember another time where I experienced an open heaven. And this time as I came into the throne room, I had a vision of God the Father. And I saw a father pick me up and swing me round. I saw the love of the Father, the provision, the care, the attention, the love. I experienced a joy that lifted me off my feet. I experienced a love that was inexpressible and overflowing. I experienced something that burned within my heart. And the third time that I entered into an open heaven and I had a, a picture of the Lord, this time I came face to face with a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And this time I felt a fire begin to burn inside my bones, a fire that came in the very belly of my stomach. I felt something overwhelm me. I saw the authority of my God. I saw the greatness of his majesty. I saw the power of his name. I saw his fearsome majesty. I saw his eyes blazing with fire. And I'm telling us now that when we pray and we experience those moments, there is a transformation that takes place. We need to pray so we would enter into an open heaven. Our prayer life, our prayer life is the most important thing. Reading the Bible and praying, that is what creates an open heaven. If we wanna be a Christian, then let's just read the Bible and pray. Read the Bible and pray. Let's make it simple tonight, that if we wanna dwell in an open heaven, we can command things to shift in our prayer life. The other thing we need to do is we need to obey. The disciples were being obedient. All those ones in Acts 2 that we read about when the Holy Spirit fell, they were doing the very last thing that Jesus had told them to do. That's obedience, doing what the Lord asks and keep on doing it until he says to do something different. They were in the upper room. They were waiting day after day. They kept being obedient to do what God had asked them to do. Let's not falter. Remember we talked this morning, if you were here about staying at your post, keeping to the vision, stay obedient to what God has asked us to do. As we obey God, we come and live under an open heaven. Obedience opens heaven over our lives. The next thing we need to do is we need to be in a place to receive. We need to be in a place to receive. These disciples, they were in the upper room. Places and spaces matter to God. Coming to church matters. Finding a private space in your home or in your bedroom or somewhere to pray, it matters. Jacob had a place at Bethel. Where we place ourselves matter. We need to place ourselves in an open heaven environment. We need to be in the moment. We need to enter into what God has. You know, there was a crippled man in the Bible just after this Acts 2 outpouring of the Holy Spirit where 3,000 people got saved. There was a crippled man and he was, sitting, he was sitting at Beautiful Gate. 
He was right there in front of the gate, the beautiful gate. He was in a place and a space where he could receive something from God. And as the apostles, no longer disciples, as the apostles walked past him, they saw him and they said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. He got an open heaven. He got a miracle. He received something from God because he was in a place and a space where he could receive something. See, sometimes we think, oh, I can just go here. I can just go there. No, my friends, you're a Christian. If you want to keep an open heaven over your life, it matters where you go. It matters where you go. The place and the space matters. See, beautiful gate is like Jesus himself. He was the entrance. He is the beautiful gate. When we place ourselves near Jesus Christ, then the miracle can flow in our lives. And this cripple, he was transformed in just a moment because he was in a place and space. So think about where you place yourselves, my friends, the friends that you put alongside your lives. What are we going to get in the flow of? See, what are we going to get in the flow of? The, The river always flew out of that uh, flowed out of the temple gate. He was placed at the gate where the river used to flow. What are you gonna get in the flow of, my friends? Where are you gonna place yourself? What place and space will you be in for the outflow of the blessing of the Holy Spirit that God is longing to bring in our lives? Lastly, we need a fixed gaze. We need a fixed gaze. See, if the band can come and join me, it'd be amazing. But Peter and John say to the crippled man, look at us. And the crippled man, he gives them his attention. What's going to happen? And they say, in the name of Jesus, walk. He kept his gaze lifted. And and God comes to us time and time again. He says to Abraham, look up, look up, count the stars. The Bible says that the Son of Man would be lifted up. When Moses was healing people, he had to lift up the snake. They were to look upon that that was lifted up and they would receive their healing. See, we had to lift our eyes. What happens when we look up? We are no longer looking down. <laughs> what happens when we look? Well, I can see my shoes, I can see my shirt. When I look down, I see myself. When I look up, I see a realm of possibility. We need to have an upward gaze. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Because he's writing a great story. He's writing a story of our life that will leave an imprint on the ages because we're gonna be a people who do not live under a closed heaven, but know what it is to dwell with God most high, the God who dwells in the highest heavens, that we would walk with Him, that we would feel His presence, that His Spirit would be poured out on our lives, that we'd feel His closeness, that we'd know the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, that we would be closer and breathing itself, that with every breath we take, we would long for more of Him, that we're passionately pursue and dig and dig and dig and dig and persist and never give up until we strike the thing that we've been waiting for all our lives. His precious presence. Jesus. Jesus. The Lamb of God. Our Father in heaven the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Would you open heaven here? Would you open heaven over our lives? God, we know there's a war being waged right now and God, we take authority over that in the name of Jesus. We take authority over the accuser of the brethren. We take authority over the enemy of our soul and we say you be cast down in Jesus' name. We declare to every doubt and every fear and every uh, foul thought, we declare be cast down in the name of Jesus. We declare nothing will stop back what God wants to bring through. Stand to your feet across every room tonight. Look up, look up, look up. An open heaven awaits. An 
an open heaven awaits right now across every campus, Dunedin, Christchurch, Hamilton, here in Wellington. Lord, open heavens over our lives. Let every contention be pushed back in the name of Jesus. Let every demon in hell, let their assignment be confounded tonight. We bind every assignment of the enemy against the saints of God and we tear it down in the name of Jesus. And tonight, Lord, we declare together, come on, begin to affirm in prayer that you are agreeing right now. We declare over every person the moving of the Holy Spirit. We declare right now over our hearts and over our lives and over our very souls, the outpouring of the Spirit of God filling us. We declare the joy, the life, the peace, the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit that is coming upon us, that the Holy Ghost fire is burning in our bones, that nothing will prevail, nothing will prevail against our God. And as we stand with Him, we are more than conquerors through Christ Himself. And Jesus, You are raising us up. You are raising us up. And Lord, we believe right now that we would stand under an open heaven. Come on, let's worship. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at Gillian Cameron.